0: Well, Talking Church, I am so excited to be joined by Pastor Levi Lusco today. We are doing this uh, via internet stream. I know usually people are with us, but uh, he's an expert podcaster, and so we're excited to chat today. So, Pastor Levi, thanks so much for joining us. It's a privilege. Bro, glad to be here. Glad we're, to be with you. We're fellow northern northerners. We struggle in the winter together and have beautiful summers. So is your summer starting off well? You know, um, I will say this about this summer so far. It has
1: been as nice as I've ever seen one. Uh, nice little we, – we're getting these like four or five-day heat, and then it kind of gets cool, and so you stay grateful. Like it's like – it's. To, I think today the high is 60, but by Sunday the high is 82. And you kind of get that where it's like – got because when it's just too much heat, A – you know you can't sustain that and you're going to end up getting fires and august is going to be smoky and you don't want all that uh but i feel like you get like super sunburned and you're like yes and then it's like okay great relief i can just kind of chill out for a couple days so man this summer uh 10 out of 10 is my Yelp review at the moment
0: are you so a Yelp how it's guy it's been for
1: y'all yeah Yelp.
0: it's 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 been it's been good i don't know if you were a Yelp guy i'm more of a google review guy myself but um you know, I don't know how i'm going to be is, completely but- honest with you I don't really use either of them, um, and I never leave reviews. I feel very guilty about that. Do you feel like it's, it's like you don't want people to like take your word for it? Like, you're, like I just don't want people thinking that just because I like it, they should like it, or is it just because you don't think about it? No, I just am selfish.
1: I want to <laughs> read reviews. I just don't want to leave them. But I do pay to Wikipedia. Whenever they ask me, I pay because I figure that's different. You know, I should be generous. I love Wikipedia. Once a year, you get that ad at right. the top of it like, hey, we, we need you to do something. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give to Wikipedia. And I always have to do it when I first see it. If I say I'll do it eventually, it's never going to happen. But yeah. I feel convicted about leaving reviews because I feel like I do appreciate when I get to see them. So I should be like on Amazon leaving reviews like that. I just don't.
0: Yeah. Do you leave reviews? Is that a thing you do? do? (laughs) I'm not a huge review guy, but I would say that I more recently have tried to help out my my wife, their family are small business owners. And, you know, when somebody leaves a review on one of their stores, you know, you just want to, man, I need to go in and help. So I've tried to, especially with small businesses, like I don't feel like the need to review like our local, like, I don't know, like. Best Buy or something, but, but small businesses, restaurants, I I try to, I don't know that I write a review, but I'll for sure give them a five star. So, but our summer has been, been awesome. And our air quality has been really bad with the wildfires. It's been like some of the worst. Like the,
1: the, 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 the air quality coming from the East coast, that stuff.
0: Coming from like British Columbia and stuff and then – or wherever the, Can- the Canada wildfires are. I know there's a few of them, but – We had some early Alberta fires going. that They got settled down. I think that was end of May.
1: But uh, this new wave of fires from Canada has not affected us yet. Not yeah, our ahead. air
0: quality here is horrible, but it's – Either way, our summer's still beautiful. I mean, right now, today's beautiful. And uh, right now, I'm not in our studio. I'm in an office. I was saying right before we started recording, we're literally moving our I mean, It looks our like a nice build. wall to me. <laughs> literally, it is a wall, and that's it. We have, like, the nice wood background and everything. I built a table, did all these things, and... Then we're like having Pastor Levi on and we're in a trailer in, in you know down by the river. So You know what? It's kinda cool. It's like
1: I don't I don't need all that. It's it's about the conversation, not the set. It's it's a good it's a good look. it's like almost like stripped down. You know, it's got yeah. that
0: Asbury energy. It's an it's acoustic set. We're we're just changing it. Yeah. up.
1: Well let's get now, into it. Is 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 uh the summer is like the name of the game hiking and fishing. I know you guys are the land of ten thousand lakes, not right. that you're bragging, but
0: it's true. Well, no, it, and it's way more than that, actually. Not that we're bragging, but it, I think that that's like a mile wide. That The the phrase is 10,000 lakes, but there's probably closer to 20,000. So we're proud of that. Oh, my gosh. you kidding me. We only have 3,000 in the state of Montana, so you guys are crushing us. I think some states have one real lake. I want to say in – one of the states out out west that has like one actual real lake that's not man-made. I want to know what state that is. What yeah. state
1: has one I, lake? I
0: think it was that one lake or so one freshwater water something. But so, may, maybe what I'm would that be like, Utah? I, I think it might be Nevada, like Lake Tahoe's, like the only real lake or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm someone from Nevada just. Turn this podcast off because, like, oh man, they're gonna say,
1: "How dare you?" Our (laughs) our state has four lakes. How dare you say we only
0: have one lake? Maryland, Maryland is the only state in the U.S. with no natural lakes. There you go. So it's on the east coast. What
1: about Washington D.C.?
0: Yeah, (laughs) how many lakes are there? I mean, they have the thing in front of the monument that's surely man-made. What's the name of that lake in Maryland? No, there's no lakes. Oh, zero you lakes. said none. I thought you said one. I th- I thought it was one, but it's actually 0. Yeah, that's
1: not very many lakes. <laughs> Imagine how discouraged you'd be if you had a boat. You're just like there's nowhere. What's funny? For me in
0: this state. Well, they have the Chesapeake Bay though. I just was out with a pastor and I was on a, he had a beautiful boat. We went out in the Chesapeake Bay, so it's like they're on the ocean, I guess. Okay, yeah.
1: You got you got a bay. I just like to go out in the bay with my boat. They're also oh, how about in the bay with my bay on my boat. Can you do that on the, now we're getting you serious. Do river, there's rivers you can go boating on too, right? Yeah. Like big rivers. Yeah. This is this is what we're here for, right? This is I the mean, conversation. I mean, people I think this for. is what the people want. But um, we, we you do— you called me an expert podcaster. I'm an expert
0: at wasting people's time, Logan. You have also,
1: to really think twice before you're, you're also me an on. expert
0: of like dark humor too, and like you. I, the stuff that you say, even right before you're about to preach, like my dad, when he's about to preach, he's like, I don't want you to give me any bad news, I don't want you to talk anything else about me, and like we're having these conversations about crazy stuff like you do you have just your mind can go to different places really quick? You know
1: there's a medical term for it. I think it's twisted uh <laughs> is how they describe my mind logan uh it is a twisted thing. Here's the weird thing for me, it's like I either remember everything or nothing. So like someone said something to me yesterday, "Oh, where did you learn that?" And I was like, "Oh, I was in a sauna in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it was this is what I was wearing, like everything I could see about that moment." Or it's like I know I met you and spent 3 days with you, I can't remember your name. I am so sorry. Like it's like either it's either or or, or everything or nothing, but there's very seldom something in the middle.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a gift, but also I'm sure it can drive your family crazy. Cause it's like, you just told me that, or we just told you that I feel like I remember everything long-term. Like what I learned, like last night, I can't remember what I was saying, but some science thing that I learned in sixth grade. And my wife was like, Are you, how did you remember that? I'm like, Oh, I remember I, I learned in sixth grade, but I, I lose my keys. And actually yesterday uh, I have, I have this wallet right here and it has a, an air tag on it. And, uh, I lost it. I left it at a pizza place, and if I wouldn't have had the air tag, it fell behind the seat, like the where where the waiting area is, because I got uh, like a to go order, and it was tucked behind there. And so, literally, I'm walking through this pizza place with my phone, trying to find my air tag. Make AirTag. it ring. And so, but I can remember stuff from from sixth grade science. So I'm with you. But but not your keys in your wallet. But no. that's good that you no, can I have, make look, it up look, a I have beep now on my keys as well. Because, oh, that's good. Because otherwise, do you have an air tag on your kids? Well, I don't have any kids. So that, ah, you don't have that, kids yet. That's My right. brother just had a baby. And so I, maybe that's why I don't have kids yet. Because if uh, I might lose them, my, my, my mom says I'd, I would I'd, lose I'd, my head if it wasn't attached to me.
1: Honest to God, I air tagged my kids. Really? Uh, How? I just I, I bought these cool necklaces on Etsy, like Lennox's is Spider Man, Daisy's is a Daisy, Clover's is Mi- Minnie Mouse. Uh, and then they, they, they look like just a necklace, but you can stick an air tag in them. So whenever we travel, uh, in the airport, if we go to an amusement park or a big church conference or something, I can literally find them with the air tags. That's genius. It's kind of great. I don't know if it's, if it's like, um, I don't know. I don't hope it's not like giving them cancer or something, but you know.
0: It's, yeah. Depends on who you ask. Um, well, so with church, you know, this podcast is talking church and as much as I suppose we could keep going because we can, um, would love to, to talk church a little bit and, you know, obviously how things are going and what, I mean, you, you talk about this every week, you know, on your podcast and with different couples and different people. Um, but, but one of the things I'd love to talk to you about today is sometimes your ministry is going well but you have things that you need to work on in your own life. And I think the answer to that could be obvious, yes, every time. We all need to grow. But there's things you've gone through Big highs but big lows personally. But sometimes those lows and highs coincide with your ministry journey and your life. Like oh church is down like COVID, right? During COVID, everyone, oh, attendance is down, people aren't coming, everything's, you know, p- the turmoil politically, all of that. And, and so we're down, but the church is down. But then there's other times where you do a conference or you're speaking at these events, or you know, people are getting saved, Easter's happening, and it's amazing. And people are celebrating with you, and every you know it's up into the right, everyone wants to, you know, pat you on the back but you're still going through something. And so maybe we can talk about how you can lead in those moments. Maybe not even when it's always low, but when you're doing better than maybe your churches or when you're doing worse than your churches, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny. I think sometimes there is a sense in which, um, maybe the victories are somewhat more hollow than you thought they would be. You know, when you're in a great season, I think I was real discouraged early on when after an amazing run or section or stretch of growth or uh, real great opportunity that there would be a, a sense of of um, almost discouragement that would set in simultaneously. And I know, I know I'm not the only one. I think that that's pretty – you know, across the board, that, that, that that's a lot of times how it feels. And I think there's some aspect to it that, you know, there's always the need uh, to keep the success out of your identity, right? To not, to not like, if you want to be the, if you want to own the, the the wind, you're going to also have to own the failures. So I think you have to have some sense of, hey, whatever God does, he does. Like Jesus taught his disciples, don't walk around bragging about the demons listen to us like just be happy you're going to heaven you know so so that neither the successes go to your head or, nor do the failures go to your heart but that you just can say I've I've done what God's called me to do and and that's that and I think um I think about something one of my mentors told me he uh had the honor of helping Billy Graham in the last stretch of his real busy crusade ministry with co-writing on some of his sermons. You know, he would um, listen to his sermon, re, re, look at the sermon notes Billy was preparing, and then maybe suggest illustrations or even from Billy's own material, help him kind of navigate some of that. And the honor, the honor that was a huge honor, and I've I've had the chance to kind of pay that forward too with other co- a few other people that, hey, would you allow me to kind of speak into the the sermon process, they've they've allowed me to do that, and so I know that what 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 a what an honor that is, and also how like humbling that can be. Uh, but they invited him to go to a number of the crusades too, and watch and and see this sermon that he helped kind of work on get preached. And he said one night they said, "Hey, Billy, invited you to come back to the hotel and have a meal." And how it works is, you know they would load Billy up in the car and they would drive him out with a police escort to get out of the area because there was, you know, so much pandemonium and parking and all this stuff. And, and they took, uh, you know, with this police escort back to the hotel and it's kind of, you know, rock star treatment, really, if you think about it, you know, it's like, that's how Elvis got out of the stadium, you know, that's where the phrase Elvis has left the building came from. They would announce that. So people would just leave because they would just, they're chanting for an an encore. It's like, no, Elvis has left the building. You guys can go, uh, but then he said when Billy came into the the little dining room, it, they had a hotel suite with, like, the, the eating area in the bedroom. Billy came into the room where all the cheeseburgers were, <laughs> and he was wearing, you know, his full pajamas but still had his dress shoes on with socks, you know, and he just looked so silly. And, and he said, you know, everyone was kind of trying to congratulate him, you know, on, oh, what a great night. And he was just, like, so, like – you know oh we, god did a great thing and so nonchalant about it not kind of reveling in the victory but very much just like happy that god led people to the lord excited about eating a cheeseburger you know uh, kind of on to the next thing a little bit but look self-deprecating about his outfit and he said you know that to me is just such a picture of uh what we need to do in ministry you know, we just do our best unto the Lord, not unto men, not for the likes, not for the algorithm boost on that clip going viral. That we just, hey, I did, I I prayed hard, I served hard, I worked hard, I organized hard, and now I'm gonna have a cheeseburger and you know get up and do again do it do it tomorrow. So I think to some degree, Logan, we have to watch out for um, both believing too much our press clippings they're going to have it right sometimes and wrong sometimes. And they cheered for Jesus and tried to crucify him the next week. So I think to some degree, we're not as good as those who think we're heroes say we are. And we're not as bad as as those blog comments, you know, kind of say we are too, right?
0: Right. Absolutely. Do you feel like over the years you've grown in that? Or is there something that has has always been a challenge for you? I mean, I feel like everyone, like, like I, I struggle receiving feedback that's directed specifically at me. Like if I if if I don't know who it's coming from, I'm like I agree 100%, but then I find out who wrote it and it just hurts. Have you have you felt sure. any of that?
1: Well, I think for the, the the I've learned more to know what's coming. The Bible says, you know, don't be ignorant concerning Satan's devices, right? So we're supposed to pay attention to patterns and i think pattern recognition is is everything and you know we planted the church 16 and a half years ago and so i've had 16 and a half mothers days fathers days christmases easters as the pastor of fresh life church and uh so i've kind of noticed hey this is what a monday after a big win looks like this is what kind of sets in and i've i've learned to sort of prematurely rest like pre preemptively rest cuz i used to always just like go and rage on on a run of series and messages and this and blah. And uh, and then I would try and rest on the back end. But I feel like my batteries would get so depleted that I wasn't able to properly get the benefit because it took the first half for me to just stop feeling sorry for myself and my voice to stop hurting and my mind to stop spinning. So I'm kind of approaching things a little differently. Um, My counselor has helped me to kind of see – that There's rhythms to the year, rhythms to our lives, and uh, I think if you don't rest, you get resentful, and I think that's one of the great dangers, and I don't think that um, the resentfulness is anyone's fault but your own. Because when I start getting resentful, and I might be resentful of oh, my staff, oh, they don't know, they don't realize, you know, they, they, that's that's just like that's I'm feeling resentful. But that's that just is is revelation that I haven't been getting those needs met where they need to get met. So now I'm looking for my staff or my wife or my kids or whoever to do what they can, and having those unrealistic expectations or unvocalized expectations. But I noticed that when I'm rested well and when I'm resting, going into stretches and out of stretches and having the the margin I need to, that I'm a little better prepared to have an even mind when it comes to something like criticism, which you're mentioning, you know, and and I can kind of more have that sense of, A.W. Tozer said, criticism is either wrong or right, but either way you can learn something from it, you know, and maybe stuff that I'm also paying attention better, not perfectly, but better to what stuff pings a register so so if something pings in me inside of me and i notice it's it's a it's like a 5 or a 6 out of a scale of 1 to 10 but it normally would be a 2 that tells me more about me than what's going on right cuz that shouldn't irritate me at the level it is which tells me okay hey man maybe maybe we need a little walk maybe you need to go and and leave your phone behind and take a little take a beat you know and so i think some of those things have helped me spot. Otherwise, you end up burning your hand, but keep touching the stove. We want to learn and and do better next time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When, when you think about surrounding yourself with people in those moments of a two becomes a 10, right? I, I saw a meme yesterday, and they said, your soulmate is the person that loves you even when you're hungry. And I think there's some truth to that. Um, but even in, on a staff, on a team, how have you empowered other people to solve the problems that that maybe irritate you? Again, as a a lead pastor and as a church planter, as somebody you've been there 16 years, you you know there's things you like, things you don't like, but you also have a team and you have people that are here doing this with you that are committed to moving this vision forward. How have you known to differentiate in the moments that irritate you or frustrate you when to say, this is my problem to solve or this is a problem that I need to give to my executive pastor or let the youth pastor figure it out, or I need to give this feedback immediately.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, I think um, the text in the moment is, is young man's foolishness, right? You know, it's, Hey, I love now what I I do. What I do now is um, I email and I click send later. So, I'm, if I think of something or notice something or realize something didn't happen and I know we're not open for business, I'm going to click send later and have it show up. People get emails from all the time. Well, that's weird. I got an email at 90, 90, 904 on a Monday. I might have sent that Thursday night at midnight. Apple will let you on your phone if you just hold to a hard press on the send button. Send later. And I think, you know, I know that I can Text and violate, and of course there's exceptions. If 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 something happens, it needs to be fixed right away. Great, but I think um, uh, I I try to remember to assume the best about our team. Assume assume the best about no one on our team's bad. No one on our team is is evil. No one's got bad intent. So you know if if a ball is dropped, there's a if I assume positive intent, that is, I assume the grace on them that I would want for me. Because I would say, "Oh man, I didn't, I didn't mean anything by that." You know, I, I had no idea that I was going to come across the that way. That's how I want everyone to interpret my mistakes and my my lapses. So I want my team to get the same benefit of the doubt that I'm going to want when I blow it. And uh, I, I I think we're best served as leaders when we're modeling repentance. I had to write an email to one of our lead team members last week and say, "Hey, I want to apologize." I could tell that what I said in that moment hurt your feelings. Or oh, yeah, good. Not 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 got you hurt. Like that's a bad apology, right? It's like, oh man, why'd you get hurt? No, no. He didn't get hurt. I hurt him. I could tell my comment changed his countenance. And so I want to apologize. And I think that hopefully every time we take those opportunities, we're ramming down into our culture the attributes we want. I could give a staff talk on hey, own your failures. But when I own my failure failure, that's 20 times more more loud. And I think that just changes the tone, you know? So um I'm not picturing any of my staff sitting around being lazy. They're not lazy. If they drop a ball, it's not because they want this ministry to fail. They want the same thing I want. That's why they're here serving. They're called here to see people reached. And if I believe that about them and then uh Also remember they have kids and they have marriages and they have lives and I want them replenished. So yeah, just because I can text them on a day off doesn't mean I'm going to. And I think those are some of the things that I've learned along the way on that. I think
0: it's so important what you just said about knowing that they want to do the best job possible and knowing that they want to move this forward. Just as much or close to just as much as you do, obviously, as the founder, as the leader, maybe it's not the exact same degree. But the reason they're in this role, the reason they're in that position is because they, they want to do well, I I think, if you were to ask anyone on any church staff in America or across the world, very few, again, maybe there's there's some exceptions, but, but almost everyone is going to say, no, sure. I want to do the best job possible. I want to do exactly what God has called me to do, and I want to m- make our church proud, right? But I think sometimes it's the, it's the problems that happen and maybe yeah. the, those teaching moments where you become resentful about a person, right? You become resentful towards behaviors that maybe you've allowed,
1: Yep, and I think you have to ask yourself the question too. I mean, uh, Craig Rochelle always uh, talks about it, and I think it's a, a good question. Um, if he sa- if he says my church doesn't give, if he wants to say that, he'll instead right. say, "How have I not led them to be generous?" So I think as leaders, a good question to ask yourself is, "Have I done everything to lead my team in a way that this mistake should, shouldn't be taking place?" Now you might actually come back and go, "Hey, no." I've been clear about this. Da da, da 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 But if you start there, it's like when Psalm one thirty nine says, "God search me and know me." Is there any hidden sin? Now, just because you asked, it doesn't mean there is. I can say to God, "Is there hidden sin?" And He could be like, "No, there's not. You've been you've been confessing sin as it's coming. You're at a good spot. Amazing." Um, so when you when if I see something a dropped ball for for our team, I should start with. Have I led them in such a way where this would have been self-corrected? Have I been clear? Have I been – have I shaped? Have I given opportunity for this to become a value that should be in their heart? And you might go, you know what? I'm expecting this, but I have not really taken the time to develop that skill in this person to where they would see the world in this way. Um, and so we got some work to do. Um, but you might feel like, No. Like there's been plenty of clarity around this. There's been plenty of, of emphasis on this. I've led the way and modeled this. And there's there's no possible way this, this, you know. So then there are times when it's like, hey, we need to have a harder conversation. Um, it seems like this was, uh, you know, r- really clear. This ball was dropped. And I think in those moments, don't try and sugarcoat it. Don't try and, you know, uh, butter them up and then knock them down. I think just be clear. Hey, I wanted to have a, a conversation, a learning moment. Um, notice this. And uh, I I know and believe you you can and have it within you. Let's, Let's make this a teaching lesson. Um, this, but just know this: this is this is going to be water under the bridge. It's not going to be like a thing I keep bringing out against you. I just I want you to learn from it, and yeah, and it can
0: that, be really a really healing moment sure. that can bring you. Together. You mentioned you know Craig and his example. Talk about your friendship with Craig. I mean, over over the years, it seems that that's grown, and you have some similarities. You have some differences. Obviously, your bicep size is similar. Your you know your your discipline regimen is very similar. Yeah, well, I mean, but yeah. aside from those things, yeah.
1: Sure, I fly planes around the country. Uh, Craig and I have so much in common. Uh, we're b- we're both Christians that are men and married uh, and dads. I, I mean, Craig is a dad. I've loved, and the closer I've gotten to Craig, the more I've respected him. You know, the, the more I've the, the more I've seen his leadership in his home, his um, his kindness to his children, his kindness to my children. Uh, he's an incredible tennis player, uh, unbelievable serve, going by like lightning. Honestly. But his discipline in the gym, his intentionality. I mean, this is the guy who counts the blueberries he puts on his oatmeal, you know, and and on a luxury day, might have 11 blueberries, but on just most days, it's just seven. Okay, let's just all calm down. Uh, It's like Tim Tebow. You know, you ask Tim Tebow about cheat days, and he says, I don't believe in them. And you're like, You don't believe in them? Oh, wow. Okay, these are people that are highly successful tightly wound, wired people that God has put just a lot of focus and intentionality in their hearts. And uh, so, yeah, so I have so much respect for Pastor Craig and Amy and, of course, Life Church, his leadership podcast, um, his books, um, but he's a really kind person. And Proverbs says, what makes a, a man great is kindness. So it's not like, you know, largest church in America, big personality that he's like some big, big ego. He's kind, he's focused, you know, we're sitting in a restaurant, he's chatting up the waiter, he's, he's noticing people. And that's, yeah, that's something i noticed
0: about most impressive high quality, high capacity people, not just in the church world, but just outside the plate, outside in marketplace. And of course, the definition of high quality and high capacity is different for everyone. But I think that it's not an accident, right? There's very few people I meet and maybe you can share more about this, but just people in life that are doing great stuff in worship or have great podcasts or, you know, whatever it is. It's not when you spend time with them, you can tell it's not an accident, right? I think so. And I think, um, comes
1: out on the wash, you know, you can suck it in for a, a minute, but I think if there's a big, you know, um, unhealth in your soul that's going to come out if 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 you have um if you're mean if you're cruel if you're petty if you're you know self-seeking i mean that it creates kind of a black hole around you and i think people eventually are going to kind of realize that and 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 not not want to you know be of one quarter of that because light attracts light life attracts light uh, the old adage is birds of a feather flock together. And that's why you also have to watch out. Like, who am I drawn to, you know, cause sometimes we, we tend to gravitate towards unhealthy individuals because it makes us feel better about ourselves. But when you're at a healthy spot, you want to attract, uh, and, and, be around people who are further ahead than you are in ways because it stretches you. You know, when I go, you know, snowboarding with people who are tremendously better athletes than me, I improve. You know, I love skiing with my kids, but that's not pushing me. I'm not getting better in the trees. I'm not getting more courageous when it comes to picking a line. But then I ride with a couple of guys. I'm like, okay, these these guys are unreal. I'm being pushed. And so I think, you know, whether you're seeking out someone who's giving you permission to stay lethargic or someone who's pushing you on to believe God for greater things, right. that tells a yeah, lot. I about think the sometimes state you're it's easy heart, to right? look
0: at people that you want to spend time with, but it's harder to to kick out the people in your life who, who shouldn't be there. Right. It's like, well, they've been there for so long or they, they helped me plant my church or they helped me do this, which again, it's not, not like you, you want them to die, but if you had to go through moments where you've had to actually say, it's, I'm not worried about the people that I'm spending time with or, or that I want to spend time with, I got to figure out the people and stop spending time with them. Yeah, I think I, that's a fine line,
1: right? Cause I think, there, there are times when you are going to need to to distance yourself from people for for whatever reason. Not in a not a mean way, or not because they're not serving you. But I think if you're if you know that someone is dragging you down, I mean the Bible's clear: bad company corrupts corrupts good morals. So I think it is going to influence you. You know, you're take the the in the relationships you're. Closest to what is it? The five closest friends aggregate out their income. It's going to be your income. Aggregate out their their drive for God. That's going to probably be your drive for God. So I do think you you can't run with horses when you're when you're living with donkeys. You know. So I do think there comes time, and I think you can be clear. You know, it's like, hey, I still want to be friends. I want to be available, but you know, I I just I can't I can't right now. Here's what I'm seeing, and I think that gives them the opportunity if they do want to take a step up. And I think you also. You know, life is short, and you have to pick uh, out of a sense of calling and purpose the the relationships you really are going to invest in. Because you and you have to hear God from it too. There, you cannot be friends with everybody. You know, they say you can't have even more than like what is it, a hundred friends or whatever it is. And so, I think there's a lot of people in this world you're going to meet, and it doesn't mean you you're going to be best friends and give the same level of access to everybody. And to to the person listening, is going that doesn't sound very (laughs) Christ-like. Actually, it's like the height of Christ-like. Jesus didn't have this, the same level of access with everybody. He had 500 in the big, bigger crowd. He had 70 that he was more – that probably all was on a first-name basis with. Then he had 12 that he did life with, and out of the 12, there was three. So you know what? Talk about excluding. He excluded people all the time. Peter, James, John, come. And, dude, if I'm Bartholomew, I'm like, well, what the heck? I'd love to see Jairus' daughter yeah. rise from the dead. They didn't get that. You know why? Because Jesus heard from God who He was sp- supposed to spend time with, and maybe Judas part of his snub that nursed that mm-hmm. thing was, "Why didn't I get invited to those?" You know what I mean? And I think when we when we have that happening in our hearts, it's always a check. Why didn't I get invited to that? Why did not? You know, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. where's that coming from? Because think about it. If if you're even if you did somehow get to make that happen, what you're going to bring out of a spirit that says I should have been there? Even if you did get on that stage, you're not going to have anything to give them because you, what, like what of that toxic I need to be validated spirit is going to now all of a sudden have Jesus to pour out on people. So if I ever feel that, which it's, by the way, human, we all do. C.S. Lewis said every one of us looks not at the circle we're in but the circle we wish we were in, right? We So it's so natural for that. But uh, those things are kind of telling. But But we do have to choose – Choose your friends. You just can't pick is your that, friends' nose, right? Say? That's what they say. Pick your nose, pick your friends, but don't pick your friends' In, nose. That's a new yeah. one to me.
0: But I, I
1: You've not heard that? You can pick your nose. You can pick your friends. This is my first time But you hearing can't that. pick your friends' nose.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe they didn't make it, maybe that didn't <laughs> yeah, make it to Minnesota. E- either either way, a it's Colorado a Colorado thing. I'll remember that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, don't I, do it. I think it was maybe. I, I don't want my wife to get my nose. Fear, I don't want anybody's but, finger in my nose. I don't know. Before before we wrap up, I want I do want to hear about what's exci- like new things that are exciting for you um, that that you're excited about. But before we do that, can you talk about your ideas and you, know, you have you have cool book concepts that you've you've done? They're, they're I would say they're not the normal like titling. It's not like. Ten steps to do this, or whatever. You you're, you have cool ideas. I mean, you had Skull Church a while back. You had all these new things. Can you talk about how you've how you've leaned into ideating and creating new things? I think there's a lot of pastors that are ready to do new things. They're they're wanting to try something. They're wanting to start a podcast. They're wanting to to try something sure. out. Write a book, but maybe it just sounds like everybody else. And of course, the way you rise above it is by being you. But can you talk a little bit about how you come up with those ideas and even maybe how your team tests them out? And just it seems like the stuff coming out of Fresh Life has this creative, unique edge that you don't see everywhere. And, and obviously, that's why people are, are leaning in.
1: Well, that's super kind. Um, one, one thing I would say about creativity is that it's, it's a tonnage game. You know, I wrote down six ideas for sermon series that I never used for every one that I, that I did, you know, so it's, yeah, I think you have to give yourself the permission to have bad ideas to get to the good ones. You know, um, very seldom is it the first take on something. I mean, not, not without exception. I declare war. Uh, that was the only title we ever considered for that book. Um, but there's usually... Uh, Eyes of a Lion. The, I we wrote sixty subtitles. You know that were that all could have gone on it. So I think you just have to keep circling the walls of Jericho. You know, and I think a lot of people get discouraged in a brainstorm when it's like we know there's no good ideas, but 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 lots and lots and lots and lots of bad ideas and lots of of bad drafts. And I think that's okay. Um, and then I think just constantly being inspired. By by anything and everything, and taking good notes so that you can always source that inspiration later on. Uh, a lot of people, oh, I'll remember that. No, you might not. You know, not- notepad next to the bedside. You're going to have great thoughts during you know moments when you first wake up. I like to. Uh, someone said, never uh, go to sleep without giving your subconscious mind a problem to work on. So, um, what that might look like is 30 minutes before you go to bed, you review maybe the, the, the rough rough points of a talk or a verse, put your put that into your subconscious to kind of be working on behind the scenes. And it's amazing how many times you'll wake up with some great ideas there. Showers, saunas. Uh, I love sitting in a hot sauna. I have waterproof paper and, and pen, pencil. Uh, really? And then a waterproof Bible in the sauna. Those are moments you don't have your phone. You can kind of read. Yeah, there's a water Bible. It's called a... Uh, uh, H2O Bible or Waterproof Bible that you get on Amazon. And then they they make these little notebooks that you can write on when wet. You could take them on a, on a river rafting trip. And so you can always be, um, you know, well, what do they say? Don't let your best wow. idea go down the drain, right? So those are a couple of the things I would say on creativity. And then I love unexpected connections we, would be my last thing. Um, you know, you are thinking about uh A sermon series, and so you 're tempting to oh well what 's directly connected to that text, but the unexpected is is what causes i think people to lean in, so you know i oh i didn't i didn't think about this applying to that or you know whatever and and I think uh the more you're paying attention to things that arrest your attention or provoke a, a response in your body or whatever in your mind that aren't necessarily connected and then finding ways to kind of weave them together
0: to me that's You're teaching us that's a lot of the game things, from h2o bible to leadership lessons and all of the above and i know you have millions more things you could teach us and i'm sure many listen already to your podcast and, and lean into all you have i know you, you've been with us at conference before and i'm Sure, we'll have you back back soon. Um, but talk to us Love it. before Can't we close. Come back. What, what's exciting? What yeah. are things coming up? Are you working on things, things that maybe if people have been out of the loop, getting them back in the loop, or maybe some new things you can share with us?
1: Sure. Well, we have our, our big thing that we're all excited and praying about. We are putting on our second annual movement conference for junior high and high school students. Uh, both ours and then youth groups and family groups from around the country we have uh we have the furthest we have a group registered from is South Africa, but we got youth groups literally coming from Boston and Massachusetts and you know just literally all over the country. We threw it out there last year. We had twenty states show up this year. We passed a month ago where we finished out last year. um you know, I was just talking to Louis Giglio and asking him because they do the same thing in Florida, and that was kind of the heart like. You know, Louis does this big student conference every year in Florida for high schoolers and junior hires, and they sell out every year. You know, youth groups from around the country come and they sell out without even advertising for it. And I think that's where we're headed. But right now, we're building it. We're just getting that out there, and it takes some people go wait, go to Montana, get on a bus, go, you know, and, and it's it's kind of foreign to people. But um, but he was saying. You know there there comes a critical mass, comes a flywheel where the whole region kind of just comes to life, and I f- I'm feeling like that's what God has us doing in the Northwest, you know, the Rocky Mountain area, because there are these giant youth conferences in Atlanta and Alabama, Florida, but who's fighting you know for, for there to be that kind of spirit of unity amongst the youth in this area? And, and that's where I feel like God has us putting our focus. Um, we got Brandon Lake coming and Christine Kane and Torren Wells and Andy Minio, And then Louie, like I mentioned, is coming. And my wife and I will be hosting and leading. And uh, so that's where we're putting most of our energy uh, movement conference. And then I also have a, a book coming out in September called Marvel at the Moon, which is my second children's book. And I'm really excited about it because it's a resource for moms and dads, uncles and aunts, grandpas uh, and grandmas to read to kids that points them to the wonder of creation, that's awesome. but also to the movement scripture conference. And, and all that. Movement conference is August 3rd through the 6th, and for the first time ever uh, this year, we're also letting groups, if they can't make it in person, uh, buy a site license and they can have uh, a movement night in their youth group room and invite kids out to hear Brandon Lake and I'll preach that night or whatever. So that, and we, we kind of think this year people will buy those
0: sites, try That's it awesome. and then hopefully want to be well, in the arena I, I with think us being in Montana in the summer is the place to be. You know, we, we joke, we don't host events in Minnesota in February because we're not sure people would come, even though there's, there's plenty, you know, you could snowmobile out on the lakes, but, uh, right. Oh, yeah, they do. They put and their houses ice fishing, out there. Right? Drive. And people I mean, love people that? don't know this. I, like, I was talking to somebody at a conference the other day. He'd never seen snow. N- he lives in America and never seen snow. And I said, no, like, people drive their trucks out onto the ice. Like, you know, if it's, if it's a few inches thick, like, I mean a couple inches, you can walk on it. If some, sometimes it's like a foot, and pe- people can drive their trucks and yeah. pull houses out there. And people are just shocked by that.
1: Those those ice fishing yeah. houses you rent are in Minnesota are insane. I drilled through 24 inches of ice this yeah, year oh yeah. to cold plunge because you have to auger through the ice. These drills that drill around, but I augered through 24 inches to make a cold plunge hole for some. No, my dad some jokes ice that he time. doesn't ice but fish we were because about your dad? he has
0: a good marriage. So <laughs> he, you know, it's not. I would say that the the rate of men to women ice fishing is probably there's not equality there. I can tell you that not equality, but you, you just sit there and you put a fishing pole in the ice and, um, it's not my cup of tea, but I've done it a couple times and, but there's guys that love it.
1: Well, some of those houses I've seen, I I don't know why algorithms are are a funny thing, but I've had a few times where the, the YouTube gods were serving up for me, uh, outlandish ice fishing houses in Minnesota and some of them have big screen TVs and bathrooms (laughs) and like it's like that's nicer than my house man if you're you're in the area if anyone listening
0: in the area ice fishing in the winter but for now we're in yeah yep in February come to Minnesota who knows land of 20,000 lakes The, the, the glaciers man we're the farthest state from the ocean though so I feel like we should loan a couple we
1: should Montana yeah. and Minnesota should should chip in and get Maryland a lake. I feel like it, it you know what we've been so blessed we can't afford to lose a lake or a two. Few. Just Maryland you can have it. I can Just think take it. a few it. that we can Put it get on a trailer. I mean, I, I mean, feel Maryland, bad for man. them.
0: It's, you know. Only been once. Well, <laughs> on that note maybe we need to go to Maryland we need, we'll, we'll go together we'll bring the lake and, um, th- we'll, we'll bring the lake they'll host a site a Brandon Lake site for movement conference there and that's when we'll bring the lake there so
1: yep yep. we'll leave a nice Maryland review on you and tell Pastor them how they were. They were good were always a pleasure
0: to, to chat see. with you until next time until you're out here I'm out there uh, enjoy and be blessed and keep changing the world